gang. Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Uh, we're not boodoo-boodooping this week. We're not welcome back no. to Mark's Madness. Uh, this is uh, heads up. Hey, welcome to Mark's Madness Pod. We read books, but not this time. Uh, my name is Nathan. My name is David. And we are going to be doing a full-on current events episode. Um, the reason yes. for this is multifaceted. Um, we are not a current events show. We don't position ourselves as such. We don't try to be one. Um, but at the same time, we are are kind of we've kind of built a habit of doing short bursts of current events at the beginning of our episodes as kind of a catch up on what's going on in the world. Um, and due to some some unforeseen circumstances, we're very ahead of our schedule <laughs> so we have a lot of episodes in the bank ready to go which is great uh for a uh you know a podcast timeline editing standpoint but it's not ideal for addressing current events as they happen and there have been a rash of very 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 uh sad very traumatizing uh current events that have gone on in the last couple days last couple mm-hmm. week or last week or so uh that we felt we wanted to address uh so we are going to tackle those here um, yes. Now and we're going to release these outside the normal span. This is going to come out on probably a Monday or a, or a Tuesday. Why am I even saying when it's going to come out? It's going to come out when it comes out. It's going to come out when you hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, again, this is going to be a full current events episode. There will be no reading this episode. I'm not. We're not teasing you with reading. If you mm-hmm. have no interest in learning more about current events, this is the time to turn off now. We will not begrudge you at all. Um, and spoiler alert also, uh, this is going to be a very triggering episode uh, for anyone, I think, with any... I, I, we're going to kind of span the gamut here. That We are going to talk about a lot of very heavy topics, including uh, school shootings, including mm-hmm. uh, transgender panic defenses for the murder of transgender comrades and, and other... And, and, and or gay comrades, um, as well as uh, some other potentially uh, triggering content so if that is not your cup of tea if that is not something you you feel equipped to deal with in this moment uh totally understand that's not what we normally do here so we're not going to begrudge anybody for just dropping off and not listening to this that being said uh we hope that we can analyze some very important uh topics during this during this time uh to hopefully give us some some context going forward and and some ways to analyze what is going on in the world yes so uh where we're going to start um, is probably the one that's most pressing on people's minds. And that was the shooting at Uvalde Elementary School. Rob um, Elementary School in Uvalde. Uh, I'm sorry, Rob, Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, um, which is, I believe, right outside of Houston. Uh, San Antonio. San about, 80 Antonio. Miles, about 80 miles out of San Antonio. Little, 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 little skip and jump over there. Um, you know, but, uh, Texas, you know. it's all the same. No, I'm joking. Yeah. It's not. It, um, no. Yeah, about 80 miles out of San Antonio is the last time okay. I checked. So I am not an expert on Texas specific geography. I usually, you know, can, can know countries and things, not not interstate <laughs> regions. David is not required to know every single thing about every single thing, gang. Give him a fucking break. <laughs> hey now. That see let's not put me on a pedestal in saying that too, because I, I, I I'm not putting you on the, I'm putting you on the opposite of a pedestal. I'm saying you're allowed <laughs> to not know everything. I'm a dumb dumb. Um No, I'm a dumb dumb. You're just not required to know everything. Okay. Um, so anyway, on a, on, you know, the very somber note of this, of course, uh, what happened was, I think Ramos was the, the guy's last name, mm-hmm. um, had basically purchased two AR-15s on his 18th birthday, um, and then almost immediately shot his grandmother, 
left his house, uh, crashed his car. The initial timeline we were given was confronted by two uh, school security guards or who are full-on police officers. This school district has their own police unit. Um, so these are not just even regular school resource officers where they belong to, like, you know, the city's jurisdiction and then there's school resource officer within that. These are specific. There's, there's like, a sheriff and, and five uh, officers below that that belong to the school as well as, of course, city. And, of course, because this is... Bef- uh, near the border, and it's a very Hispanic town. Uh, there's custom and border patrol and ICE. Um, basically, you know, layers and layers of threats upon you know Hispanic people and, and children in in the area. Um, and he crashed his car, was confronted by two of these officers, and went into the school somehow. We initially were told he was wearing some kind of bulletproof vest. He was not. That that was bullshit. Uh, that was very obviously something that they made up to cover their ass. And whether he was um, wearing a vest or not, there were no plates in it. So it's yeah. it's a, and that is something that any yeah anyone with any common sense or who's been around the shit would be able to recognize very very immediately. Right, right. And again, unless you're you're um, there to protect yourself, you know, then and that person is threatening the lives of small children and has made it clear they're going in to murder the children. I mean, cops will shoot people for running away ah, from a drug charge, I don't right? give a shit if he was in the literal Iron Man suit. Fuck you. Yeah, shoot him. <laughs> Just shoot, shoot at, at him. him. Shoot at him. Shoot him. And there's so many times, too, where, like, there even are people that, like, you know, are shot because cops are shooting at someone that it's excusable to shoot at, and they're a bystander. This is not... This is not a situation, you know, they gave up the, they gave the excuse immediately of, of a Kevlar. I mean, it was clear, like, he could have been shot at safely from mm. other people. I mean, not safely from him, but, but from other people and, and, you know, diffuse the situation. Somehow was able to be allowed into the school. Okay. In this process, the cops were outside. They stayed outside for over 40 minutes. Okay, they supposedly called backup. This is a town with SWAT. They called uh, Custom and Border Patrol, everything like that. And within those 40 minutes, he killed 19 pe- nineteen kids and 21 people or 19 people total? 19 kids, two adults, 21 people Nin- total. 19 kids, two adults, and him, and he died in the process as well. Okay, two adults were, were teachers. It was one of those shared, connected classrooms. Okay. Um, there are very traumatizing stories. There was a little girl who was a cancer survivor named Maya who, in a moment of fear, had to think quick. And after a classmate next to her had died, had basically to play dead, covered herself in that classmate's blood. Um, there was a moment where, and, and so many things folded as it came out, there were live streams on Facebook of people because parents were frustrated. They wanted to go in. They wanted to save their children. They were screaming uh, at the cops. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause for station identification here. Yeah. Um, frustrated is probably the least. Uh, yes. The low- <laughs> they were perturbed that their children were being murdered and no one was doing a goddamn thing about it. No one was, and cops were being cops. I mean, they clearly were equipped with very large rifles, bulletproof vests. They were fully equipped in in military gear, and they were doing what cops do, right? Cops do three things, you know. They protect capital and wealth and and racial hierarchy, right? They they very explicitly do that, and that's executed mostly by the two other things they do. They specialize in crowd control um, because, you know— 
they have to control crowds in case there's an uprising. Um, and and they specialize in self-preservation um, and being part of the armed guard of white supremacy. Self-preservation includes preservation of white supremacy and victimization of the regular community, right? And they talk all the time about the community they protect and serve, the community they protect and serve, which, of course, is much smaller than the community. Correct. Right. Um, and so, you know, comps are constantly doing this. And so what happens is there used to be a procedure, and this was before Columbine. You can't talk about school shootings without Columbine coming up. You know, I mean, people obviously came back to Sandy Hook, understandably, with the situation. Um, Parkland. Yeah, Parkland came up. You know, that was a recent mass shooting, again, with the cop being chicken shit outside. Um, but... You know, you can't talk about school shootings without Columbine. And that wasn't even like the first school shooting, or it was the the largest no, for a while. But it was the one. It was it the was cultural the zeitgeist that, moment. It was the one mm-hmm. that 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 Linda Ellerby had to tell us about at Nick News when mm-hmm. I was supposed to be watching cartoons, and someone and, had to come on the TV and explain to me why a bunch of people my age just got murdered for yeah, no apparent um, reason. Yeah, I mean, for people that are not familiar, you know, me and Nathan are both in our 30s, and Columbine happened in 1999, so that hit pretty close to home. We were both middle schoolers at the time, and uh, that was a high school shooting that was very close to home. And we were told the whole time, the entire narrative was, you know, of course there was the violent video games and violent TV shows bullshit. The violent music, the Marilyn Manson. Yeah, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, there is something cultural, and we should self-examine something cultural uh, with with death and, and, and the normality of death, but that's not because of violent video games. It's because of our constant warmongering and constant racist fear-mongering and support for, for police and the military. And level alienation under capitalism. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the absolute disassociation from from a community or anything sembling a community yeah Um, it is not because n64 had goldeneye right like the absolutely not no uh, no 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 unless the unless the the two boys at columbine were throwing proximity mines uh all over the map and then waiting for their friends to come you know jump out Mm -hmm. at them no i don't think goldeneye was to blame yep and we were told constantly about bullying it was all about bullying oh they were bullied they were bullied boy Turned out these guys were the bullies. Oh, weird. Um, weird yeah. how it works. Uh, and these guys were, of course, overt white supremacists. Uh, they were huge, huge Timothy McVeigh fans. What? Who, who um, were trying to do it on April 19th, the same time as the Oklahoma, same day as the Oklahoma City, City bombing. But because that was on a weekend, they had to pick a Monday and they went, oh, Hitler's birthday. What's wrong with that for a white supremacist? And and did it just the very next day. Uh, they had actually tried to set off bombs in the cafeteria and it didn't work. And that's how very famously there's a library shooting for again any of our viewers who are viewers listeners who are not old enough to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So with that, there were a bunch of changes. First off, that was live stream. So there was a big thing to like not live stream certain things about police and people's locations, right? Which makes reporting get a little more fog of warish with these school shootings um but you can understand even that as a safety measure um you know because there's still going to be pretty immediate information coming out there was also a change where before that the procedure was don't go in right and there was a lot of stuff during columbine where they could have gone in they could have stopped those kids those kids ran into the cop there was a lot of righteous blame that just got swept under the rug the same way those kids nazi ideology got swept under the rug um 
and the, the talk just got about to be, you know, you know, guns and school security and SROs all of a sudden were a huge thing after that. But the term active shooter was created. And the reason yes. the term active shooter was created was to distinctify from a hostage situation so that they knew the procedure was not stand outside and negotiate and hope for the best. It was go the fuck in there and shoot them before they hurt anyone. That is else. the entire anyone else. Right. Else. Because it's a point because let's be real, we know we know very well one thing about cops, and that is that they are reactive in every sense yes. of the word. They are a yes. react they are not a preventative force and that is something yes. that you have to get out of your and again anyone listening to this i'm preaching to the no. choir i get that but yeah we're not talk... exactly fans of cops here no and, no no, no, no. And we're not, it's no, a no, systemic no. critique when we say that too and this is part of that system but they are reactive mm-hmm. by nature they are never first on the scene and if they are they fuck it up inevitably yeah. every single fucking time oh but yeah they are i a mean reactive force so when you're reactive it is st- Stemming the tide. It is tourniqueting a wound. It is anything to prevent more. Yes. And so that's where the procedure got to be active shooter. And mind you, like, I mean, tensions are pretty high from mass shootings lately, right? There was the shooting in East Buffalo we've talked about. God. Um, in the grocery store, there was the, the shooting of the, the Asian um, church, which, again, a person there did stop it from happening one the one person that lost his life and that was a, a local physician who was attending the church and stopped and not a cop right in the the east buffalo um or no not the east buffalo i forget who tracked down the shooting the east buffalo shooting uh but the shooting in new york city a few weeks before that on the, the subway, subway. Sh- the subway shooter that was tracked down by a, a security right. tech installation that what got deported now yeah, I think it was like four people total that captured him, and at least one of them, it might have been all four, are like facing deportation, you know, um, and and that Again, cycles... not cops. Yeah, not cops. And so now it's it's left up to the cops, and there's... They, I guess the situation, it's, their SWAT team is like a custom Border Patrol SWAT specialty unit, which is the most terrifying thing I've ever fucking heard, right? If you are and, anything, if you are anything short of pure white melanin content, be afraid of living in that town. It sounds like right, and you have to understand, like cops are very bad human beings, largely racist and bully people that get into that system. That's what attracts them to being cops, and then of course the system reproduces that and roots out anyone who's not like that. That doesn't mean that in the end, to some degree, they're still human beings. So sometimes they believe in their serve and protect. Like if you call the cops because you've lost a kid, sometimes they will help find your kid. Right? They're not like out the you know. The, the whole system would have been overthrown if they were, like, just openly malicious 24-7. But they're largely malicious and have the system to be malicious. And like we've talked about, you know, do more stealing um, than actual thieves in a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they shoot 1,000 people a year. They shot 1,100 this last year. They're a very deadly, you know, bullying system full of malicious bad people. And the system is structured that you could be good people. You can't be a good person and be a cop. The system doesn't let you do that. Um, so even if you're a nice, well-intended person, the outcome is still bad. And so in these horrible, like heavily armed custom border patrol people, they wanted to go in immediately. And the local jurisdiction told them no, and that caused tension. The parents were screaming at them to go in, and they were told no. One parent got handcuffed, happened to know some of the local cops, talked her way out of being handcuffed, and then snuck away from the crowd and got her kids out. 
Now, before right. this, since we're doing this on a fairly linear timeline, before yeah. that mother got to go in and get her kids out, let's mm-hmm. not get it twisted. The cops went in and mm-hmm. got their own fucking kids out. And then and left then everyone left. in there to die for 40, for 40 or 50 minutes, 50 minutes. That's it. It was 40 initially. And then it turned out to be 50 pause for disclaimer. Yeah. David and myself. Yeah. Are not impartial judicers of justice in this instance. Both of us have children at this age mm-hmm. and around this age. My wife is an educator of children. Around this age, at this age, I am not impartial. I am not a blind person meeting out facts right now. I am fucking furious. Yes. On levels that I can barely contain. Yes. So apologies ahead if I get a little bombastic. Deal with it. Um, David, continue with your level-headed commentary. Yes. So... Beyond that, it turns out not only was she handcuffed, they had pinned another man down and handcuffed him and kept him pinned down, which you could clearly see there was about a six-minute Facebook video of wailing, crying, screaming parents, basically, like begging the cops to go in and get their kids, and one of them being pinned down and people screaming, get off him, what are you doing, go inside and stop the shooter. Um, that someone had streamed on Facebook because they just couldn't even believe the situation, uh, which corroborated many parents' stories. Um, and of course, you know, the description from the children on the inside, including, you know, the, the one I had, had read was from this Maya girl who had put mm-hmm. blood on herself to disguise herself, um, included like wondering, why aren't they coming in? Why are they all out there? Why do I hear them out there? Why aren't they coming in? Right. I mean, that's what the kids on the inside were hearing. Okay. This father was pinned down. And he was one of the ones, you know, that had just said, okay, let's just go in and get our, ourselves, right? Again, mm-hmm. the cops were stopping people from preventing from death. doing anything. Yes. I mean, any and, and, fucking thing. And in the, in, in the laws that they get to make everyone a bad guy in when they shoot them, that they get to prosecute people for, that they get to, you know, correctly or falsely prosecute people for, there's a such thing as second degree murder. When you take a specific action that causes a murder to happen when you are not the weapon in hand murderer and you are still palpable or um, culpable. culpable for – thank you – culpable for that murder, okay? That was that, – I can't imagine a more clear second-degree murder than that. I, I just mm-hmm. can't. I just mm-hmm. can't. Like more kids died. Negligent I, you know, homicide, manslaughter. We have rules for this kind of shit when it's yeah. not cops doing it. If somehow you gave them the benefit of the doubt on stopping the shooter from going in, I don't know why you would do that. On somehow you gave them the benefit of the doubt on being incredibly slow to react and being being little, you know, pissy pants, you know, fraidy people that were waiting for backup. I don't know how you do that, but fine. But these heavily armed SWAT type cops crowd controlling and stopping parents from going in to stop the shooter and save their children. That is killing them. Like there's no, there's so many layers where they killed, they they explicitly killed people, okay, um, overwhelmingly children. And then, when they finally did go in, which, to my understanding, basically was the specialty unit of custom and border patrol getting too pissed off and finally fucking going in, right? 
one of the dumbasses in that unit was taking the kids room by room out without neutralizing the shooter and had started saying, shout for help if you need help. And there was a little boy in one of the rooms that described a girl popping up and saying, help, we need help. And that gave away where she was to the shooter. Yep. Um, I, 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 I have nothing. I, I have and I have nothing. So through the end of this, there's a whole nother reality. Um, and we need to talk about, you know, me, me and Nathan are very clearly, we, we stand at a very specific place. Okay. When it comes to gun control. All right. Any, any regulation is going to be carried out by these same cops, by the lawmakers that don't care. Okay. Part of that, the effect is the lack of gun laws, right? Some of, some of that is the lack of gun laws is the very way that, that they work because there are countries with, you know, stricter gun laws and this doesn't work because we have, we have the leading weapons manufacturer in the world to support our military industrial complex. We have like, I think it's like seven of the top nine, including all the top five largest weapons manufacturers in the world. NRA is not just the issue, right? It's anyone from Boeing to Winchester to Lockheed Martin. All of these guys, right, are all together um, culpable for this. And the NRA is just a formal extension of that. Okay. It's a lobbying yes. wing. And it gets its attention because it's a lobbying right. wing. And a lobbying wing is so it's where these white supremacist money. lobbying wing, yes. An overtly white supremacist lobbying wing that is set to uphold an exact replica of white supremacy as it exists in this country and has existed in this country for hundreds yes. of years. And, and they work but it is they not, work largely as yeah, a no. marketing group simultaneously of guns and white supremacy to bring about a very white supremacist gun culture in this country. You want to talk about advertising, just a, a, a brief mm-hmm. diversion into media sure. criticism, but there, I was, I was looking at a, uh, uh, there, the, there have been obviously numerous people sharing local papers or, mm-hmm. or national papers even that are addressing this in some way or another. And, and one of them, I believe was a, a paper out of, out of Houston or Dallas that literally on the same page that they're describing these atrocities yes. and describing these absolute just the depths of depravity had advertisements for Memorial Day gun sales Jesus at the Christ. bottom with an AR-15 mm. prominently displayed. Mm. I mean, it is it it is the absolute and and here's guys. I'm gonna at apologies, yeah. gang. I'm gonna level with everybody here. Um. And I'm going to ping this to David, yeah. and I'm going to do something that I'm notoriously not supposed to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to ping something to David uh, real time in the episode that we have not discussed in a heat of the moment uh, thing. I don't have a fucking answer for what the fuck well, we do. Well, okay. Here. So I, I'm, I'm going to – first you have to diagnose what the problem is because there's no silver bullet answer. There's too many there factors that weigh in here, okay? Yes. Um, and anyone that tells you there's a silver bullet answer, they're lying. They're just lying. Um, in fact, I, I think there was a really, really good discussion and I'll, I'll go into a little bit here, um, because it was, it was largely along the lines of, of what we, what we feel. And it was on breakthrough news. Um, currently it's actually an excellent episode that touches on a couple topics that we'll even get into here, but there was a, a breakthrough news episode called United States of gun violence, um, where, you know, Eugene Perrier and, and Rania Kalik were talking and Rania lives in Lebanon where gun ownership is like this. There, there's war games and terrorists all around them, 
and they don't have school shootings like this. Right. Um, you know, Eugene uh, was there, you know, um, in, in Charleston, South Carolina, or new people that were there in Charleston, South Carolina, um, where armed Antifa people kept uh, the pro-Nazi march that killed Heather Heyer uh, with a vehicle, you know, uh, homicide uh, from entering the church and shooting that up. That was shortly after Dylan Roof's mass shooting, um, where Dylan Roof had gone into a black church and, and shot, you know, at people in the church and killed like 12 people, I think, um, or something. It, God, I can't remember the exact numbers. It's been so long ago. It's it's and it's and so there's, bad. There's unfortunately so, so many shootings. We're so anesthetized. Yeah. We're so fucking. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I I don't. This is not anesthetized. This is this is yeah. just. But the but the time, gang, gang, it happens here all the fucking. It really time. does. And if you're not from this country, if you're not from this country, uh, I envy you <sighs> because this is not something that you probably are dealing no, with. And it's not, uh, definitely not on the level that we're dealing with. And it it's on. not something um, any of us can just you know even solve for ourselves easily right because for one thing there's a lot to even leaving and moving a country there's means there's going away from family friends there's there's jobs things like that but there's also the fact that if you run away from the problem you've left everybody else behind you know we basically for our fellow man have to stay here and fight and and for our family and friends have to be around here and for our jobs have to be around here and there's really not a lot of ways out and the only time you know we do get out to another country it's because we're forced out again from like jobs or something like that right it's not because even we want to leave um but it's a it's it's a tragic reality that that we have to face and and there's not one easy answer but to understand any answer you have to understand the complex causes because there is a myriad of answers that happen. You know, we have to look at what is unique about this country. And so the first and foremost is the way we look at death, right? And the demonization of homelessness, the demonization of ethnic minorities, the demonization of other countries and xeno- mental illness, and demonization of mental illness, the demonization of other countries in imperialistic fashion. The fact that we have the top weapons manufacturers and they're going to affect the laws that make the guns more accessible to buy, but also regardless of how strict or loose those gun laws are, because again, there are places with looser gun laws and, and, and as many people with guns, maybe not guns per person, but as many people with guns as there are in the United States, sometimes even more, and they don't have these shooting problems, right? It's a broad culture. This comes from the fact that we have these weapons manufacturers in here, and we have the military and police you know, industrial complex here, right? It's the entire white supremacist structure here. There's the white supremacist history, um, you know, with the slave catchers and the race riots and, and things like that that are here. And it all kind of amalgamates together, right? And you have to pull the strings apart. And so there are regulations that people talk about. And I'm very scared of, of the idea of them because there are regulations I would totally agree with, right? Don't sell AR-15s cool in a vacuum right but the problem is if that gets signed into law it's not stopping the sale it really should be stopping the manufacturer right if they're worried about it here killing mm-hmm. our kids here why should we be able to send it overseas to kill kids over there do those kids deserve to live yeah. less you know you yeah. have to have and, a, a, and, an examination yeah. of imperialism so you'd have to stop the manufacture of those and ban those on every front but the military industrial complex you think they'd ever allow that god no 
right? No, never. Uh, there's talks never, about never. you know people wanting to raise the 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 purchase age of guns to 21, which most murders happen between the ages of 18 to 22, right? So some of that would be an overreaction to this one because he turned 18 and immediately went to buy the guns. Most mass shootings don't exactly happen, but the average you know murder, the average violent crime happens between ages 18 and 22. It's another argument against long prison sentences and a lack of rehabilitation and a lack of actually caring for and sheltering and protecting victims in this country where instead we just punitively go after accused murderers, right? Again, this is the the prison industrial complex in this country. It rarely convicts, it falsely convicts a lot, and it punitively attacks after the fact. It never prevents, it never protects victims, which should be your first and foremost policy, and then secondarily to actual victim protection, there should be, if the capacity is left, rehabilitation for the murders. But instead, again, mass number happens you know, late teens to early 20s, overwhelmingly misogynistic, overwhelmingly white supremacist violence in this country. And none of those things get addressed. It's just go to the cops, hope they get convicted. What the fuck ever if they don't, if it's the wrong guy. Cool. At least you, you know, got a little good feeling that day when someone got convicted for it in court. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it, it doesn't do anything. We'll get to, to be clear. We're going to get to oh, the court part yes. of this in a minute. Yes. We got we got there's more coming, yes. gang. We'll get to the court part of this in a minute. But for yes. now. And so I fear that if we, you know, raise the age again, that would not, you know, just like the bans on on the AR-15, it wouldn't stop the manufacturer, it wouldn't stop the sale. They would find people with AR-15s, specifically non-white people that own AR-15s and arrest them. There's already, but again, you know, I mean, just possessing a gun. You don't have to threaten a cop with a gun. Cops get to name truth and get to shoot 500 unarmed people a year. But even... How many people of color have been murdered in their... On t- on on stream, mm-hmm. yeah. People see the video. On, sh- we've seen Cops. it. How many people of color have been murdered simply for owning a gun legally? Yes, they'll be pulled over. There'll be no knock raids, and there will just be a gun there, and they will be shot. Right? There is no legality. There's criminality just for being a person of color, specifically a a black or indigenous person in this country. Right? Um, and this is the part where I bring in I bring in uh, random random just bloop discourse. Um, a locked door apparently prevented the cops from getting in or doing anything in Uvalde. Didn't seem to slow them down when they murdered Breonna Taylor. Nope. nope. Didn't seem to cause any kind of an issue when they wanted to do oh, that. On top of that, there, there's this excuse. They're trying to blame the teachers. They tried to, to blame a teacher for leaving the door back door supposedly unlocked or something like that. Never mind that the, the murder got through two cops. And that the door has a window. And specifically, one of the accounts of one of the children inside said that the teacher was locking the classroom door. And he broke through the window in the conjoined classroom where he murdered the 19 kids. So again, clearly he knows how to reach through a fucking broken window and unlock a door from the inside. He showed that later in the same shooting. That's not a goddamn excuse. Here's a minute where Nathan's going to take over for a second. Uh, If you... An individual, anybody, are blaming teachers, the most underpaid human beings in this entire fucking system, who do nothing but care for your fucking children and try and do their best with no budget, no nothing, and you're going to throw them under the bus in this instance when we have clear timeline showing the cops did Fucking Not nothing. nothing. They they made it worse. Lots. Less than Several nothing. Ways. They Several did times. negative to nothing. 
if that is your take, go fuck yes. yourself. If you are listening to this and somehow you wanted to blame a teacher for this, go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. I am not interested. Yes. And and of course, you know, with all of this, right? Um so again, you know, I, I, I'm fine with, with the ban of AR-15s, but it has to be the ban of manufacturing, selling to the military. That would never happen. Which will literally never fucking happen, so why are we even discussing right. it? Right, it would just come down on people of color even more extremely than their gun ownership right now does. It would give them a literal, just another thing to murder black and indigenous people for in this fucking mm-hmm. country. That's all it would do. Let's be real. If you enacted a ban right now that said owning an AR-15 is illegal, miraculously, overnight, you'd see 10 or 12 uh, uh, black or indigenous people in this fucking country yeah, murdered. And, for, for, and, and, you would, and you would feel great, and, and the liberal media would feel great about it. Look, oh, we're, we're getting these weapons off the fucking streets. Go fuck yourself. Before we get into how that would be the 90s crime bills again, let's take a deep breath and let's talk a little again, because this is... is, is, is tragic there's a reason this triggering about how an ar-15 work well before we get into that i was also going to say people floated an age limit raise and i would be great with an age limit raise right for for the same thing for the 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 window that that most of this violence occurs i would actually much prefer 25 rather than 21 because then people's brains are fully developed the violence numbers just completely plummet after that Um, they don't go away but they completely plummet but again they would find and, and and there's not it's not like cigarettes and alcohol are like the main way they that that the system comes down on black people but it's not like that doesn't affect them age limits on cigarettes and alcohol we've heard about the school to prison pipeline for a reason it's not just weed and vagrancy laws and shit like that that matters too and if you pointed that out all of a sudden you would have to question well if you can't own a gun till 25 why can you have these jobs like the military and the police before 25? And then they realize they wouldn't be able to recruit anyone if they're not manipulating teenage children and moving them into white supremacist lifers. And the entire military and prison industrial complex would fall apart. Again, I would be a big fan of that, but they would never let that happen. And they know that's what that law would lead to. So once again, the problem is more than just the conscripted laws. It's very idealist to say you write this down, all the good things happen. And I don't know how you can even be that level of idealist when you look at the United States, the real situation within it, especially since we're talking about cops right now. So those are ideas I'd be all for if I believed they would work. I'd be all for. Okay, I've even seen situations where, and we'll get into Colombia in a minute here too. In Colombia, you know, there was the peace deal that, of course, only one side followed, and the lack of guns that FARC had has just led to was it like twelve hundred activists killed since the peace deal a couple years ago? Um, some ridiculous number, and yet the presidential candidate in Colombia, who's leading right now, again, we'll get into more detail of that. He outlawed weapons in Bogota as the mayor of Bogota. The leftists were not getting slaughtered in Bogota. That was happening out more in the rural areas and the murder rates and violent crime rates plummeted. So gun bans can work, but you have to have a specific situation and a bourgeois democracy is already rarely going to be that situation. It's never going to be that situation here in the metropole. It's just not. In America. Yeah, America is the ultimate metropole. America is... You, and and I'm not. This is not exceptionalism. This is not elitism. This is not anything. America uniquely has a relationship mm-hmm. with yes. guns. There is 
a lot of things to point to mm-hmm. to this. Um, there are books, there are entire entire scholarly works written on this yes. topic. It has a unhealthy and detrimental relationship with guns. To say that it works elsewhere and not it doesn't that's that's where I get disheartened. Yes. Only because it's like it's like well it, we, it worked over in this country so we should work it it worked in Australia so it work no no you have to understand the relationship this fucking country has with guns and it's unhealthy and completely diabolical and it's tied to its DNA you are not going to have a gun buyback program in this country where people just turn in their guns and if you do the ones that turn them in are not the ones you should be fucking worried about right you know Um, and again you're trusting the people to do it you know most of the gun owners in this country and of course the most violent white supremacist people we have things like the three percenters and Blackwater and, and all these white supremacist militias that attack people along the border and that you know do mercenary work and commit war crimes in Iraq and and then rename themselves to G and commit war crimes against hurricane victims in in New Orleans and then rename themselves to Academy and start working with Google for like drone bombing campaigns right shit like that happens that's mostly it's mostly veterans and cops and 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 people with one degree of separation from veterans and cops cops veterans former cops friends of of cops um family members things like that those are the gun owners right and so if you trust the cops and the veterans to take the guns away from the bad people not only they're not going to take it away from the people they're ideologically aligned with they're especially not going to take it away from themselves and their buddies and those are the people that have the guns Right. With the exception of, of course, you know, a number of black people who have to do it to defend themselves from fascism and then get in a complex situation uh, where they, you know, they can face arrest or or being shot by cops and and things like that. Right. Um, Again, I would strongly recommend watching United States of Gun Violence by by Breakthrough News um, that they made what is they made on May 26th. Um, So strongly recommend that video. Um, But. You have a situation here now where, you know, these kids were shot by these AR-15s, a byproduct of this gun culture, okay? And another reason why we should, you know, anytime you talk about a weapon, you should realize how destructive it is. Uh, one of the many reasons why why we talk, you know, hate some of the, you know, sarin gas and, and things the United States, you know, white phosphorus, things the United States uses to attack other countries. You know, we have to understand, like, the, the effects of the depleted uranium that was dropped on Fallujah. You have to understand the effects of these AR-15s, which are sent off as military weapons to militaries and, and U.S. military personnel and then sold around the United States. They're the big trendy gun, okay? They shoot with an immense amount of force. Now, I apologize because we're already talking about the death of children, and this is about to get very, very graphic, okay? A gun doesn't work. A bullet doesn't go into you and just, like, go in. It's not like a small hole that goes in, Okay? Um, hold on. So it's not like a small hole that just goes in and then like, okay, that hole, there's the damage done like whole size damage. That's it. Right. If it hits you in the right spot, that's it. A gun tears flesh. Okay. A bullet will go in and it will tear up flesh. It'll go into, you know, a tendon or a muscle and tear up, you know, a small hole around it and it wrecks your arteries and your vessels and things like that. Okay. Okay. An AR-15 hits with an immense amount of force. 
it is like little grenades when they hit, right? It's like little explosions when they hit the body. And so we are talking about not putting holes in human beings, not destroying small amounts of flesh around holes in human beings. We are talking about basically exploding flesh upon contact, destroying, you know, muscles, arteries, anything of the like in, in an area. You know, one of the ways it, it's so deadly, it could hit the, the leg nowhere near the femoral artery and burst a femoral artery just from force, okay? So when they go in and it takes them a while to figure out 19 people died versus like 14, it's not because they go into another room and there's there's another body, okay? It's because there's just flesh and it takes them a little bit to realize that flesh is however many people it is. And then they have to do DNA tests to identify the bodies to confirm who's dead versus who is missing and parents need to go looking for. Because of that, they have to do DNA swabs. Now, DNA has its own issues in prosecution, right? Um, you know, out in the big, bad, broad world, you look for a suspect. And they'll say, like, oh, 99% accuracy matching DNA, right? Well, everybody has 99% match- accuracy matching DNA. What they mean to say is they can match DNA within that 1% difference, a 99% of that 1% difference. But you're also trusting them to use that language correctly when they use it as prosecution, not the broad 99%. And you're trusting that a whole big bad world out there where it's not necessarily accurate, you know, if the DNA matches out of a list of five suspects, you already got to assume they have the right five suspects, okay? If you have like 50 missing children and you identify the DNA in 19, pretty solid you've identified the right one to the parent, okay? So DNA is useful in that sense. Um, And so they had the parents doing saliva swabs to Custom and Border Patrol mind you, largely Hispanic parents, to find out if their children are alive. That's incredibly tragic to have to do. That's incredibly tragic to have to understand why they're doing that. And then you've got these parents already dealing with going to the school to see if their child is alive and freaking out and panicking at a missing child during a school shooting and worried about if they're going to be arrested or deported by this fascist force and thrown into a concentration camp or another country. Okay? Within that, then they're taking these saliva samples and they're hoping their child isn't one of the masses of flesh left of of dead children, okay? And then with that DNA sample, uh, I think it was Custom Border Patrol, it was either them or I think it was Custom Border Patrol, said they won't be using this to deport um, the parents. Like they would put a suspension on deportations or something like that. Which that translates to as soon as it's far enough away in the news for anybody to connect it back to the shooting and still pay attention, as soon as people forget about this, then the deportations happen. And yet people basically have to do that to see if their children are alive. It is just the levels of tragedy and the levels of cops making this worse and the system making this worse are beyond words. And it is led to the death of children the destruction of families, and let's be clear about it. Eventually, as soon as you've forgotten about it and it's escaped your mind, it will lead to deportations of people. It is the worst of all it scenarios. It is the worst of all it scenarios. Uniquely, it is a uniquely American, mm-hmm. a uniquely United States outcome. Yes. And, uh, and it is the exact reason that we must... Yes tear down everything about this system at its yes. roots tear it out and replace and I it will, 
I will um, never ever judge anyone, especially parents or relatives or friends of of the victims, for wanting reforms in the interim. We should understand the repercussions and the lack of effectiveness of those reforms, and we should work to eliminate the entire system because that is step one in any of the steps to do this. These to address this, we have to address the guns, we have to address the white supremacy. We have to address the misogyny. We have to address the school security. And yet, if we address any of that in the current system, it's just throwing cops at a problem that they will not solve or usually make worse as exemplified here and create more violence without solving this violence. And so to advocate for that is basically a non-starter if we can't use it to tear the system down. And there's a reciprocal thing. You know, agitprop leads to tearing the system down. You need to be able to show that people can't trust cops, that people can't trust officials, and then turn that into the revolution and then come back and do these reforms. And so in the interim, you often find yourself demanding reforms, right? You often find yourself demanding the end to a war, demanding the abolition of prison, demanding free health care, demanding you know, uh, protection of uh, unions, demanding raised minimum wages, and that type of agitprop is what helps lead to revolutions. Um, this is an awful conundrum where you know, that type of agitprop could also lead to reforms that cause more harm than good, and so the only thing you can look at is revolution as a solution and damnation in the meantime at the system for creating this. Yep. That being said, that is where we're going to leave it for this particular issue mm-hmm. for right now. I feel like that's that that is as much analysis as we can give it and we gave it uh, a solid 45 minutes, which is about as much as we ever read. So so that is about as, as pointed an analysis on a very heated mm-hmm. topic as I feel like we are qualified to give at this time. That being said, there are a couple other current mm-hmm. events uh, that we want to touch on a little bit less in depth, not because they are less important, uh, just because, uh, again, this is normally the little bit before we do an actual episode and we're doing a whole episode yes. on it. Um, ju- mo- mostly to make sure that this is timely and and in in a in a place where it can be impactful and and useful to you. So that being said, there are a couple other issues that we wanted to touch on. The first of which was uh, elections in Colombia. David, what what do we have on on the elections in Colombia? Yeah, at this, time? Um, this is going to be a bit of a gear grind because we're going to go from this uh, from American bad news. To foreign good news, back to American bad news. I wonder if we should jump to the subject next. We like to do a compliment sandwich on this I... show, where we spend 45 minutes talking about the garbage that is the Metropole. Then we talk about positive good news in the in the global south. And then we come back with a global, or with a, with the Metropole being garbage yeah. again. But, we, you know, a compliment sandwich. I was just saying, this is, this is quite a path we've chosen. Um, today, like as we're recording this, in May 29th, there is an election going on in Colombia. Now, obviously, we know the limitations of electoral politics, uh, but we've also seen outside the metropole, while it limits some of the revolutionary action, there's a potential for some revolutionary action through electoral politics 
outside of the Metropole. Obviously, it's not going to happen in the Metropole. We know that. And obviously, there's limitations with it out there. But we've seen Venezuela. We've seen um, in uh, um, Bolivia. You know, we saw back in the day with Allende in Chile that elections can help lead to better outcomes that can combat imperialism outside the Metropole. And we've talked about America has several puppet states. And the biggest one by far is Israel. And the second biggest one by far above Israel from before Israel, it's Monroe Doctrine Specialty, uh, where the war on drugs really makes its hay and the DEA and the CIA funnel cocaine out constantly. Um, what really you know, funded Iran-Contra, uh, the center of U.S. foreign policy for a long time, and especially since Reagan uh, in the Western Hemisphere, is Colombia. And in Colombia, there's there was the 50-year war, right? A very bloody war between leftist guerrilla fighters and basically right-wing landowners and white supremacists that were partnered with the United States for control over the country. Um, until recently, that was that was ongoing, and obviously peace was always desired, but it was a non-starter because the right-wingers would slaughter largely indigenous and Afro-Colombian people. Um, and, and, you know, lands rights activists, things like that. Um, you know, unionization was not allowed. We've talked about the general strikes that had happened there, which is probably the only reason why this election has any chance at being actually fair and not being completely done is as everyone was talking about things in COVID and we were talking about, you know, the stories that you didn't hear, the stories that got buried as bullshit little huff pieces about protests in, in Cuba were, were overblown attempts for color revolution. There was a general strike in Colombia, right? Um, there's been a lot of leftist movement there because after the peace deal and FARC laying down the weapons, uh, the right wing has still killed, what would we say, 1,200 activists. It's been over 1,000 activists. Um before FARC, of course, there was M19, the M19, the July 19th movement. Um, and in that movement, one of the people from that movement who wound up later on being – he's the current mayor of Bogota, the capital of Colombia, is Gustavo Petro. Okay, um, And recently, you know, Colombia, all the stuff – with the American intervention really, really started in the late fifties. There was a 1958 pact between liberals and conservatives basically to oust and murder anyone to the left of the liberals, right? Any socialists and social Democrats and trade unionists. And that has really shaped Colombia for the last, that, that shaped the 50 years war and has shaped Colombia for basically the last 60 years. Okay. Um, there's been several other, you know, activists, um, the vice presidential candidate um, for Gustavo Petro, Francia Marquez, of course, uh, is a land activist and an Afro-Colombian herself. And what's happened is leftists finally got together and said, okay, this entire history has been destroyed by a right-wing pact. All of the FARC, the M19 over the years have put their weapons down and are getting killed for it, are not getting peace like we asked. And they're telling us we have to go through these elections. The war has not worked. We need to do something. We've seen it work in Venezuela. We've seen it work in Bolivia. We've got to do something. And we've suddenly gained some power and some momentum behind these general strikes and behind the government under Duque's fumbling of COVID and, and economics since the beginning of COVID. And so they created what was called the Historic Pact of Colombia. And the Historic Pact ticket being headed by Petro Marquez right now, it looks like it's going to unfortunately go into a runoff. It's not a, a, a you know outright victory. But Petro 
has won is it basically is the the leader, the winner of the first round of the elections. Now you don't win the election until there's a runoff, unless you went out right. He didn't win enough to win out right, but he won uh, with a runoff with Rudolfo Hernandez, and Rudolfo Hernandez is. Uh, and uh, Colombia just opened up abortion rights again after much public uprising. Rodolfo Hernandez is a very much a right wing guy and, and and a free market liberal and definitely, you know, the the U.S. guy that they want um, that's left, but nonetheless is pro-abortion. Um, but he's like limited pro-abortion and then he's pro-marijuana legalization, which legalizing drugs in Colombia's little little bit of a weird thing considering the the 50 years war history there so i, I don't bit. even know what to think of him other than he's not the candidate that 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 we're hoping for and he's certainly the candidate that the u.s is pushing for you've seen a huge panic um you've seen you know the the gusando politicians in florida freaking the fuck out about this election in Colombia. so it's kind of going under the radar but the united states is not happy um they 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 seem very concerned so i don't know about you know, we've seen again in Peru with the election there um, and, and the threat that was to the Lima group. We were super excited about that election and not like it wasn't a good thing, but that didn't turn the country left. We know there's limitations with the elections, but we also know, you know, Gustavo Petro came straight from M19. Gustavo Petro has made incredible reforms in guaranteeing employment. Uh, banning guns, doing all sorts of reforms in Bogota that have been effective and have been very left-wing, probably even a little left to what Venezuela does as a country, which says a lot because Venezuela has done an incredible job of of left-wing you know, housing security and food security moves that they have uh, since uh, Chavismo, right? Um, and basically, is, is he's advocating for the same kind of policies across the country. So... That could be an enormous blow to the U.S. and its Monroe Doctrine. I'm sure the U.S. would adapt. You know, it wouldn't suddenly be out of options. I think with El Salvador basically going under because the ridiculously right-wing libertarian president has basically invested the entire country in Bitcoin would probably be where the U.S. would go. Uh, the U.S. also, you know, had caused the coup in Honduras in 2009 and then basically rigged this last election when it looked like a leftist would, would clearly win. Um, so, you know, I mean, the, there's those possibilities the U.S. could do. There's going to be several other ways the U.S. can manage the OAS. But it looks like the U.S., they're already failing to get their little summit that they were not inviting Nicaragua, Cuba, and Venezuela to um, because, you know, AMLO and Caribbean countries and, you know, so Mexico, Caribbean countries are all protesting it because it's bullshit. Um, and now they're threatened by this election in Colombia. So, Keep your eyes on that. A lot of very good news there. Nothing guaranteed. You know, limits of elections. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how well they'll resist a coup. But this is very much a byproduct of of the strike movements and the workers' movements of the last couple of years coming to fruition in an election. And not only has Petro made it to the runoff as one of the two candidates, uh, but the uh, uh, historic pack for Colombia ticket with Petro and uh, Francia Marquez. Um, is the leading the leading vocator the winner of the first round? So that's very very good news. Guarantees nothing, but it's outstanding news 
uh, against the U.S. imperialism, uh, specifically in Colombia and South America. That, of course, could be a huge outlet of pressure away from Venezuela, who already has pretty strong negotiating power with the U.S., you know, shitting a brick over oil after the Russian sanctions. Um, you know, Bolivia, who, of course, you know, recently won power back. And Moss has immediately been moving on very strong pro-indigenous reforms that it had long had in mind. Um, since, you know, regaining power under Ares after, you know, the coup against um, Evo Morales. So things could be turning pretty hard left in Latin America now, and, and a lot of good things could be happening. Um, so very, very good to hear that. Absolutely. And we will leave our last bit of analysis to our next episode, I think only because... We have filled up an entire episode here. Uh, this is this is as much of us as you ever are used to yes. hearing. Um, and and the other issue we want to talk on is a little less evergreen and will will be relevant later on down the road. Um, and is just a continuation of bullshit American policies. Um, so that being said, we are going to end it here for the week. Uh, we're not going to do an outro. If you want to hear our outro, listen to literally any other episode of this podcast, and we talk about how you can reach out to us. Uh, we're not doing it this week. That being said, this has been Mark's Madness Pod. My name is My name Nathan. is David. And we will talk to you all eh, the next time we talk to you all. Bye. Bye.